Broadcasting live from the Business Radio X studios in Atlanta, Georgia, it's time for Atlanta Business Radio, spotlighting the city's best businesses and the people who lead them. Welcome to this very special edition of Atlanta Business Radio, Women in Technology Special Edition. Stone Payton, Katie Galley here with you. This is going to be a fantastic segment. Katie, you ready for this? I am. I'm very, very excited for today. Hey, I am too. We got this event coming up, but we have a marvelous guest that's come in to visit with us, and we're going to get a chance to catch up with Sandy Welfare. Good morning, Sunshine. Good morning. How are you doing? I am doing well. Get us caught up with what's happening with uh, Women in Technology Atlanta in general and the WIT Connect event coming up almost here, right? Well, we've just finished off a wonderful school year, so for both WIT Girls and WIT Campus, had a wonderful um, closing event at AT&T. And so we are looking at uh, numbers that we've not seen before in terms of growth. So 20% for girls and campus uh, this past school year. So it's good. It's very good. All right. This event coming up next week, uh, we're going to be broadcasting live. I'll be there for sure. We're um, hoping to get Katie there. You're, you're hoping to come as well, I think. I'll right? definitely be there. You yeah. should come. <laughs> uh, yeah. To tell us all about it. Let's remind our listeners what's going to happen, what we can expect. So we'll be at the new Coca-Cola Roxy at the SunTrust Park. And of course, this is our you know signature fundraising event for the year. Everything with Girls with Campus. And so we're going to see some fabulous women walk on the stage and receive scholarships. And this is really about the mission of WIT, of getting more people, male and female, um, excited about being advocates for women and girls in STEM. We're going to unveil a new tagline, and so it's going to be some uh, excitement at the end. Well, that'll be fun to learn about that. Now, Katie, I've been involved in these conversations for some time now with this uh, ongoing uh, series on a regular rhythm but I'm I'm curious from your perspective, as you were going through high school and you were and through college, what was the climate there um, with regard to young females being interested in these science, technology, engineering, math careers? Did you see a lot of young women interested, or was it was it uh, a little bit muted? Um, I mean, honestly, I didn't really see many women in it when I was in college um, and in high school. I mean, I just remember. Uh, I was always under the impression that I was just bad at math and bad at science. And I kind of went away from those topics just generally. And I mean, I could just be bad at those topics. But um, in college, I remember one time taking an art and culture class and it was freshman year and we went around and we were asked um, what our majors were. And there was one girl in there who said engineering and everyone was like, oh, wow, that's so impressive. And even the professor was impressed by the fact that a woman said engineering was her degree or her major. So it's a uh, I can definitely see the importance of wit and how, you know, promoting uh, women in technology and just getting, uh, being advocates and getting that out there is so important. This is not an unfamiliar story. What we just heard her say, young women have experienced this, but we're changing all that, right? We are, absolutely. All right. So let's bring our guest. Who'd you bring with you today? I brought in Maureen Davis, who's with uh, our wonderful and fabulous, and I mean really, really fabulous partner, uh, State Farm. Well, hello, Miss Maureen. How are you today? I'm good, Stone. How are you? Thank you, Sandy. That was really nice. I'm doing well. Thank you. Uh, I guess, first off, why? What compelled State Farm? Why are you you guys uh, so involved with women in, in technology? So State Farm is a very big believer in education. It's something that we have supported for years and years. Um, our current CEO 
is very supportive of education. It's where we place our philanthropy emphasis. Um, Our prior CEO was very, very involved in promoting education, providing support for the workforce of the future. And for us in technology, when we see the future workforce and we see the balance that diversity brings, whether it's diversity of style, diversity of background and experiences, but also diversity of gender, we see a need to have those perspectives in the workplace and we see the gap that exists across the country and the gap that we see in the future. And so STEM is something that we are very involved in in all of our locations. So your title, your role, Assistant Vice President of Systems, when you're not burning up the airwaves, appearing on radio shows, what is your day-to-day life uh, like at, at State Forum? Where, where, where is your time and energy invested? So my day job's kind of interesting. I have actually two hats I wear. I have responsibility for something we call communication, collaboration, and contact centers, which is all the technology that we use to support that for our customers at State Farm. So whether it's the telephone systems our customers work with when they call us, or bills that customers receive, or texts that customers receive, my team has a hand in that. Additionally, I have responsibility for our Atlanta site presence. We have about 500 IT professionals, and then another 100 or so that are very closely related out of 7,200 employees here in Atlanta. And we're fairly new. We started our IT presence here a little over three years ago. And so we have grown by leaps and bounds. And my job is to help set the culture, be the lead IT executive here in Atlanta. Sounds like a lot of work to me. It sounds like about three jobs to me. (laughs) Could be. Could be. That's why a woman is doing it. Well, exactly. Well, (laughs) No, somewhere along the line... uh, there was this this uh, idea that that women can multitask better than men. We discovered it was true, and so we just we just dump all kinds of like three jobs on one person. <laughs> uh, my job's not unique to just me. I, I have a peer in Dallas who has a very similar job, and he is not female. So does this kind of thing excite you, or does it scare you when you see what happens when you get a good, competent female in an organization like this? We just load them up. What do you think, Katie? I mean, it's, uh, I think it just speaks to, you know, the, um, not whether or not you're a male or female, but just your qualifications, what you can do. And it's so good that you, um, I mean, all of the titles that you have and the responsibilities that you have, it just, it speaks to your experience and what you can handle. So I think it's great. <laughs> so, so what's your backstory? Did you know early on, early in school, this was going to be your path or did you get blindsided at, at a cocktail party or something? So, you know, that's a really interesting question, Stone, because my background, if some college professors knew what I was doing today, I think they'd be quite <laughs> surprised. I, I actually went to college um, to be an accountant, went to the University of Missouri in Columbia, wow. which is my hometown, grew up on a farm, started with State Farm in accounting. But that's one of the cool things about State Farm. You name a profession, including broadcast, and we've probably got somebody who does that at State Farm. And so there's a lot of different opportunities which I've taken advantage of. Um, I ended up in IT because it's a state farm. We're a mutual insurance company, which means that we're owned by our policyholders. And as a result, that gives us a little opportunity to do more long-term focus. We don't do a lot of external acquisitions, but we do do internal department acquisitions. And that's when my IT career began, when the 
area that I was in became a part of the technology department. And I think that speaks well to women in technology because you might not start on a tech path, but there is no career of the future that doesn't involve something related to technology. And whether you choose it or not, you're going to be impacted by it from my point of view. So what's new in technology and innovation in your camp that you are uh, on a, a, a allowed to share? Because <laughs> you might have some stuff under the <laughs> under wraps, right? But I bet you there's some new exciting stuff that you can and, and want to share with us, yeah? So Stone, I'm glad you said that because there's lots under wrap I'm not allowed to share. And I had to have legal review what I talked about today just <laughs> to be sure that I stay within my lanes. Okay. But I will say, first of all, I'm going to say yesterday was State Farm's 95th birthday. Wow. Congratulations. So, so you know. Y'all are probably going to make it. You yeah. think we're going to make it? <laughs> I hope we're going to make it. Lots of people's futures depend on it. Um, but we've been an innovator since the beginning, right? We were founded by a gentleman on a farm in central Illinois who said, how come farmers spend as much money as the people who live in the big city driving cars? And that's how we started as an organization. So at our fabric, innovation and looking toward the future is something we believe strongly in. I would say the other thing that's really important to know about us as an organization is the safety of our customers is really important to us. So we spend a lot of time and energy working with auto companies on innovations around the technology in automobiles. So if you think about autonomous vehicles and driverless cars, that's going to have a big impact on our business. And it is, that's an area we're spending a lot of time partnering and collaborating with others as we look toward the future, determining how we can ensure safety and what that means to our business model. That's one thing we're focused on. I would say something else we're focused on is intelligent homes. So if you think about things like water losses are a huge part of the losses that our customers experience, whether it's a broken pipe or some other kind of damage. And if more customers used some of the water detection sensors and we leverage technology to connect that to whether it's alert systems, we offer discounts like ADT and Canary, then we could mitigate those losses faster, which is really good for our customers because they don't have as bad a situation to recover from, and it's good for us. All right, so I want to ask about this. Is is this the kind of thing, like I've got my cell phone out here somewhere behind my glasses, I don't know, but it's it's within three or four feet of me. If I had had this technology installed and um, I had some sort of water problem, would I get, could I get, is the technology to the point where I could get some kind of alert and maybe... If if not, at least call my neighbor uh, Hatcher to run over and turn it off. Could I maybe even turn off the water from here and at least stop the bleeding? There there are some technologies that exist that do do that. Not wow. that not that we've created, but right. that partners and others have created. Whether it's to turn off at your main water line, right, or to alert your security company or whoever it is you do business with. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, my security company is Robert Hatcher. He's retired from <laughs> from Southern Company, <laughs> but I should probably do something. But no, that's exciting, and that can save a lot of a lot of money. Everybody wins with that kind of technology, right? And if you think about, you know, the money side, that's great. But think about the convenience side for the customer, right? When you have something like that happen in your home, 
It's very disruptive. Oh, yeah. And you don't have time to deal with that with today's pace. You don't want to deal with that. So the sooner you can stop it, the less you have to fix. All right. How about technology with regard to the balance of the process? So you have the water damage, the fire damage, the theft, what, what have you. It's very disruptive. You guys do this every day. I don't, you know, so I, you know, I, I hopefully it's the only fire. Hopefully you don't have any fire, but if I have a fire, you know, I'm not good at this. Right. So is, is technology along with the caliber of your people? Is, can you speak to how, how you use technology to help us, the, the, the customer navigate this arduous process, everything from figuring out to what we've lost to how to, Try to evaluate what it's worth, all that. that. Can you speak to that a little bit? I can speak a little bit, Stone. Um, so we have a very large claims force that's there to help our customers at times of loss. And depending on the severity of the loss, technology has a different role. So for very simple losses, so I'm going to talk on the auto side of the business. Yeah. So if I have a, a minor auto accident in many states, and I can't honestly tell you if it's here in Georgia, you can take a picture. And our adjusters look at that picture and can settle your loss if it's a minor loss. Because they know what they're looking at. They've seen it before. They, with, they can, Between the, the, the ditches, they know about what everything should be, right? Right. And so that's a place where technology is making it very, very convenient. Um, some of our competitors talk about that they do that, too. We don't talk about it as much, maybe. But we have that capability that our customers can and do use. Um, if it's a big fire loss, we have things both from a in advance perspective on statefarm.com that help you look at the inventory of what you own, right? So think about it. Uh, Do you know how much the stuff in your house is worth? I don't have a clue, and I probably don't have even the beginnings of a clue of how much stuff, right? There's just stuff. And then when we get bored, we go to the store and we go buy more stuff. So yeah, I don't know what I have. I don't know what it's worth. I don't know what it would be worth if I had to buy it tomorrow. I don't know what it's worth considering, yeah, it's nice, but you bought it 20 years ago. All that factors into it, right? It does. Now, I would say we have opportunity to mature in our technology around those things. Today, we have calculators and inventories and things that you can do, but there are lots of innovators that we are. We have a presence in Silicon Valley, and we are talking with people all the time about new things that are coming up. And some of those things will make that simpler for customers and help them not have to go through so much pain when they have a loss. Well, and like, so Katie, collegiate athlete, and uh, so I'm sure she had track shoes. If she had some sort of disaster at her place and she lost a pair of track shoes, you guys have probably settled a claim <laughs> or had some deal with that exact set of track shoes. I mean, you, you had this whole database and this whole experience space that you can bring to it, I would think. We do. We have lots of data. And it's the people though, right? You get, you got, because what you don't want is all that great data, all that great technology. And then you put the wrong person on the phone or in the room with Katie to have the conversation. So there, there's that whole side of things too, right? There is that whole side of things. And the challenge, I think, in today's day and age is customer expectations, right? So customers today have a very different set of expectations for how they interact with that person on the phone. And they expect experiences like other things that they deal with. And so that's an 
ever-changing challenge for us as an organization is how do we anticipate and keep up with customer expectations and then meet the customer where they want to be met, whether they want to have somebody hold their hand through the process, because lots of people still do. You don't have a claim very often, and we don't want you to, right? So you don't know what to do when you have one. And so if you want to have your hand hold, we've got people to do that. But lots of people don't want to talk to people either. They're busy. They don't have time for that. And so we are constantly making changes, updating, doing things to try and balance the spectrum of our customer base. Yeah, and so dealing with that old curmudgeon, Peyton, um, <laughs> with his fire, dealing with him, you got to deal with that guy one way, right? And then you have to deal with, uh, with, with Katie a different way. I think you said it really well, to, to, to meet, them, meet them where they are. So with regard to Atlanta, you guys have, uh, in, in, in my opinion, a, a remarkably strong, very visible presence here in Atlanta. How are you finding the, the market? Is Atlanta embracing you, your mission, and your appetite for continued technology innovation? We love Atlanta, or at least I love Atlanta. Um, we have been graciously greeted by the technology community here in Atlanta. We've gotten engaged in all sorts of things. And we've done that for three primary reasons. You know, number one, we're new. We're the new kid on the block. We need to understand how the community operates. We need to build relationships within the community. And we need to connect to some of the things that are important to our mission and vision. Number two, we've been hiring lots of people. You know, we started at, I think, six about three years ago, and we're a little over 500 right now from an IT perspective, specifically. And then thirdly, we believe, so you've heard the slogan, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. We believe that. We believe it pretty strongly. Um, And so as a result, giving back within the community is also very, very important to us. And and one of the things that Sandy will see at our VIP reception next week at WIT Connect is we're going to have some information about our Neighborhood of Good, which is something that if you haven't checked out, go to neighborhoodofgood.com, I believe it is, and check it out because it connects people with the ability to volunteer in their communities, whether they've got an hour or they want to do something every week. I love that idea. Neighborhoodofgood.com. Dot com. So in just a few moments, Katie, I'm going to fulfill my promise I asked her earlier on. If I could get you in the room with Assistant Vice President of Systems for a company like State Farm, I bet you'd have some questions. And you'd want. So I'm going to give her a chance to ask a question or two in just a moment. But I'd like to dive into this whole uh, recruiting, staffing, developing thing. Because, again, it just it strikes me that as important as technology and all that is, the, the culture that you guys have, have crafted company-wide and, and you know, in, in the Atlanta market must be incredibly important. And the, the energy and effort and discipline or, or methodology that you've put in place to bring on the right kind of people to execute on all this, I, I would love to just tap your uh, experience and wisdom for the benefit of all of us when it comes to recruiting in general and then given the context of today's conversation, maybe in really attracting and retaining good, strong uh, female talent. So where do you want to go with that stone? Um, we'll go anywhere you want to, but I'd like to start with just uh, how do you um, build this, this, this culture that you de- describe it 
where you can nurture people to to serve in the regard that you do, that, that you were talking about. I, I, I just I got to believe that can't be easy. It wouldn't be easy for me. Let's not tell you that. So it has been an interesting opportunity to go from being in. So our home office is in Bloomington, Illinois. It is where our largest technology presence is. And um, we have a lady who used to be a manager here who's now back in Bloomington who one day said, you know, in Bloomington, the community raises our young. And what she meant by that was you, as a new employee, land in a team or with a group of people who then help you learn the culture, the unwritten expectations and those kind of things. We're small here. We don't have that large community to help raise the young. And so our approach has been kind of threefold. One, we have brought down to Atlanta a number of people to help us establish that presence, grow our community. We started with about six. Um, We're at roughly 20% of our presence, so right around 100 maybe came down here. Um, Number two, we invest strongly in learning. And so people come in and we do, depending on the role they've been assigned to and what we expect they're going to be doing in their job, we commit to development time for them both up front and then throughout their careers. Development's very, very important to State Farm, regardless of what you are. And then the last thing I'll talk about is we have, so one of the things I'm most proud of in our Atlanta site is some of the young women and some of the more experienced women who came together and really they drove grassroots our engagement and went. They looked around the Atlanta community because one of the things we've asked our folks to do when they move to one of our hub locations, which is what Atlanta is, is invest in the community. And we had a group of ladies in our department who said, we want to do that. We want to make a difference. We want to pay it back. And that's how we've gotten as engaged in WIT as we have. And Rachel's here with me today, and she's helped us take it to the next level as we continue to grow our relationships. So, Sandy, when you got wind that the State Farm folks were reaching out and wanted to have conversations, did, uh, I mean, did the heavens open up and doves flew through the office and everybody dropped their phones? I mean, you guys must have been so excited just right out of the box, knowing that, that this was the kind of corporate citizen that was coming that was coming to town and meant to to genuinely make a a meaningful uh, contribution right well we knew they that they were doing a lot of building for their hub in atlanta and so we first met robin and robin came to a few of our wit forums and over the time we developed the relationship they were really great volunteers and they did a lot for the wit girls and actually our girls are going to be at their location on june 22nd And so it's been a building. So we've started off with something small and we've gone to something much bigger. When we met with Rachel, we knew it was on a different level. So we we sensed that their growth was uh, part and parcel of how they were growing their relationship with WIT. So for us, it's a win-win scenario because we get to be a great partner in the community. They get to be a partner to WIT and all that we have to offer and our resources um, that come to bear. And I think that in all honesty, this is the kind of relationships that we, you know, want going forward. We we want the good things that happen uh, for their organization and as their hub grows, particularly as I keep seeing that State Farm sign uh, right at perimeter, it just helps <laughs> me to understand here's an insurance company 
that's now a technology company. So if you think about how um, some companies have changed their entire structure, there's a lot of automotive companies that have become technology companies. So I love what State Farm is trying to do here in Atlanta. More importantly, they're a proven model, and that's the part that's fantastic. So, Katie, what's your take on on all this? Again, this is your first time for getting to join into this conversation, but you're you're no stranger to interviewing uh, movers and shakers in corporate and industry and in 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 sport. Uh, what are you picking up? What kind? Of, what do they? What do the young folks say? What kind of vibe are you picking up down there at that end? <laughs> well, um, I just thought it was really interesting, Maureen, how you talked about um, where State Farm is, and Sandy, what you just touched on, how. It was, it's grown from an insurance company to a technology company. And Maureen, going off of, you know, you started in accounting and you found your way to technology. So just walking through different doors and just pursuing different paths and eventually ending up exactly where um, you're meant to be. So I wonder how your own journey from accounting to technology just throughout your whole life, um, how that kind of reflects what you do today with State Farm and how it reflects the mission of State Farm today as well. So... Katie, I think that's a really interesting question. Thank you. For me, it's all about being open to possibilities. And I think that's one of the things that that WIT helps girls and college students with, is helping explore the possibilities. So when I started with State Farm, you know, I knew the path that I thought I was on. And I had a leader who had a very defined career path who tried to help steer us and gave us a really great foundation. But as your career progresses, what you think the vision of where you're going to go is may not be where you're supposed to be. And I'm blessed that I was in an organization that gave me options to explore and allowed me to stay open to different things. And I think that's one of the things that's so attractive about big corporations, you know, small Organizations have some great opportunities, but so do big organizations because of the diversity of experiences Mm -hmm. and the skill set you can grow by doing that. And so for me, I've worked in several different State Farm locations and done lots of different things. And being willing to learn and being having the confidence that I don't need to be the expert to be a leader in that space, I think, is what has helped me and many of the women in our organization be successful in the technology realm. Yeah. I mean, that's a great point. Just taking all the opportunities that you can and um, knowing that it's okay not to know everything all the time. Um, and it's key, um, like we've discussed, you know, the surrounding yourself with people who will help build you up too and seeking advice from others. Um, so is there a piece of advice that you've received that maybe helped you um, through this journey, you know, real coming to the realization that you don't have to be the expert in every field you're in and just helping you to succeed where you are today? So I would say there's not one piece of advice, but but a couple of things that I would share. First of all, um, I grew up in a family that didn't have a lot of money. So I worked multiple jobs to pay my way through college. And I had a couple of roadblocks put in front of me in that journey by people, professionals who thought they knew what they knew, right? Um, and I'm a person that gets challenged when somebody says, you can't do it. And I had a couple of people like that step in my way in my journey. And so the first piece of advice I would say is when somebody says that, prove them wrong. Yep. Right? <laughs> exactly. Um, because you can do anything you put your mind to if you really, really want to. 
And I would say that's one of my pieces of advice is don't let somebody tell you they can't. Um, The second thing I would say is, you know, mentorship is very important, but you learn from everybody you interact with, Mm -hmm. Um, whether it's things you want to emulate and things you see in people that you go, wow, I'm really, really impressed by that and I want to be more like that, but also things you don't want to be. And I would say I've had, I had a, a gentleman who worked for me who, right before he retired, somebody I respect greatly still do, who said to me, you're boss number 50. I'm going to retire in the next one to two years. I really don't want boss 51. Can we just stop at 50? And I'm like, oh my gosh, you counted all your bosses. <laughs> um, I couldn't tell you how many I've worked for, but everyone I've learned something from. And and I currently work for one of our female vice presidents, and I have told her multiple times, um, you're the only person I want to work for. <laughs> and she's one of the few female bosses I've worked for. I, I love, she's got a strong personality. She's got a reputation for standing behind her principles. And some people love that and some people don't. But I wouldn't want to work for anybody else. I think that's a great point too, you know, um, taking advice from people and just observing as well, seeing people, um, you know, in higher positions than you or lower positions than you and seeing not just the things that you actually want to be or what you want to do, but the things that you don't want to do and uh, having that realization as well. So, um, I mean, those are great pieces of advice. And so going off of that in a more focused perspective on what you do, what advice would you have um, for advancing careers in particular in STEM? So, in particular in STEM, so the first thing I would say, and something that you prompted when you said what you said, Katie, is, you know, also you have to learn from people who are less experienced than you. And so, the first piece of advice I'd have for people in their careers in STEM is stay current, have confidence in your skills and abilities, and people coming out of college and internships and early careers now have skills and talents that when I was graduating from college, we weren't really equipped with, would be my point of view. And so when I watch the young people that come into our organization, one of the things I say to them, and I said this to a group just the other day when I bumped into a new group in the hallway, was ask lots of questions, respect that your perspective is valuable, don't let anybody tell you this is the way we've always done it, But you also have to learn the culture and how to influence in a culture. Mm -hmm. And so then there's the striking of the balance as you come into a STEM career because you can also think you know it all because you can do really cool coding or you can create a great app. But influencing people, building relationships, and understanding the actual business you're trying to serve is as important as your tech skills. And so you actually have to find that balance when you come into a new organization, whether it's right out of college or when you're switching careers. That is great advice. Um, And uh, I think that's really key, you know, um, not thinking you know it all, but also understanding that you do have value exactly where you're at. You just have to find where that fits in. So Maureen, you've already... And by you, I mean you and the organization have already accomplished so much so quickly in in this market. And I get the distinct sense you're just getting started. 
so I got to ask, what's next? Where are you going to be personally and you and your department going to be putting your, your energy into in, in the coming months? What, uh, what's on the near-term horizon for you? I suspect part of it's diving in deeper into serving community, but I'd love to hear more. So one of the things that we just started this week is um, a partnership with the Girls Who Code here in Atlanta. Oh, yeah. Um, really exciting. We just had an event with them last night kicking off with the parents what the next seven weeks is going to be, and we're really, really excited about that. We also have, um, I'm trying to count in my head, somewhere just over 30 summer interns that are with us. Um, and so that's a big area of um, focus for us. Um, something cool that we're doing this week is, I think it's this week, it might be next week, next week, is Hack Day, which is something that we do across all our locations, Right. Um, which is always a fun event. We're going to continue to grow our Atlanta engagement in a variety of ways. Um, we're very involved, not just with WIT, not just with Girls Who Code, but we sponsor things like Atlanta's Black Data Processing Association. We're very active in the uh, National Center for Women and Information Technology, the Data Management Association, um, TAG, obviously. And we're partnering with a lot of the universities here. And so we're going to keep growing those things. But the other thing that we're going to do, we're on a maturity journey here, right? Mm -hmm. And so we've got a lot of folks who are hitting the two, three-year mark with us. And so the other thing that, that we'll be doing is some of those folks will move on to new assignments in our organization and get different experiences that broaden their perspective and broaden their value for us and broaden what we are able to do here in Atlanta from a business outcome perspective. Well, one of the reasons I asked here at Business Radio X and certainly with our friends at Women in Technology, we want to do everything we can in our power to celebrate and and support your efforts in this regard, up to and including, I, I'm going to get you introduced to the vice president of Boys Who Love Girls Who Code. Well, that would be very interesting. <laughs> I'm kidding, of course, but, uh, but, it, but it does kind of bump up against an idea that I don't think we want to lose sight of. You do not have to be a woman in technology to be interested in, benefit from, and genuinely contribute to what we're talking about here. This is good for the planet. It's good for the market to, to invest in, this, in, in young women becoming more aware of and interested in, in, in providing paths for careers in, in STEM. We all win. When, when we do that, I think. So we don't want to lose sight of that, right, Sandy? No, we don't want to lose sight. And more importantly, I mean, as much as I might joke, uh, it really does take all the people in the room to keep the conversation going. Um, we had a segment a few months ago where it was all the uh, men ambassadors of WIT, and they have to be a part of that conversation because at the end of the day, there's still a lot of decisions that are made. But for me, it's getting uh, more people like Maureen as a part of the overall leadership of Atlanta. And I think that this is this is going to be a community uh, focus to get the young ladies, young men who are coming out of the various colleges and universities to not only graduate, but stay here and work for the various small, medium, and large companies. And so for us, this is truly a partnership in, in order for us to, um, we are always going to be focused on women, but at the end of the day, the entire conversation 
starts and ends with everyone who's in the room, and that's male, female, young and old. Well, and not just the professionals, but the parents. Oh, excellent point. And the influence that parents have on positioning their their children to consider options, Katie, that maybe you didn't get encouraged to consider. And, And I watch a lot of our men actively participate in some of our events, in part because of their job, but more because of their daughters. Yeah. Well, and uh, along these same lines, it's it's marvelous and it's inspiring and it and it, uh, it it helps elevate awareness for everyone when a State Farm and a Maureen Davis get behind this and Katie Galley Enterprises, Business Radio, it's small companies, there's a place for us to contribute here too. So I don't want, we don't want people to feel like, Oh, you know, I've got to be Coca-Cola or State Farm or somebody like that to have an impact. Because that's not the case at all here, is it? No, it's not. I think this is um, probably the first generation for me in terms of looking at what motivates a person to go to a company and then stay with a company. And I think that company culture is going to drive who goes to the small, who goes to the medium, and who goes to the large. And I think in a lot of ways, when a when a company culture is good, you're going to definitely keep the women. You're going to definitely uh, keep the value. And so if you look at how companies are transitioning and changing, it's really about what do I need to do to keep the best talent that I have in place? And if I have to do work from home and do all these various things to support a family life, companies are doing it. And I think that this generation is demanding it. Unlike, you know, I'm Generation X and I think that we just learn to work. You just work, you get good benefits and you stay the course. And I think that this generation is not motivated by that, you know, house with the picket fence. They're motivated by how do I feel? Do I get to go to yoga? Do I get to play with my kids? I think that they're totally, um, let's just say that what will be a deciding factor for them for a state farm is what is that company culture? And what you said, Maureen, about uh, this parental role, I, I guess I really hadn't thought through that, but uh, I we should probably do like a whole roundtable segment or series really diving into that because I can imagine there's a great deal to be to to be asked about and shared with respect to the the role of the parent in that. And I do identify with that very personally. I have two daughters. Um, and um, so, yeah, I can understand how and why that that men you know decide that they want to get involved and it's very important to me whether either of mine were to choose to pursue a career in stem if they do not i want it be to be because they've they've become fully aware of it exported and decided not to mm-hmm. not because they didn't know about it or didn't think they were up for it so this uh we we might want to do that for one of these uh, regular segments i'm going to think that one through for sure <laughs> absolutely this has been Marvelous. It's been an absolute delight having you in the studio this morning, Maureen. I hope you'll come back. We'd be glad to come back. And I have a father who I think would be great if you decide to do this. Excellent. Excellent. Very cool. And I know you just must be swelled with with pride. I am consistently amazed. And I don't know why, because it happens every time. But the company that you keep and the kind of organizations and the and the caliber of the individuals that you and your organization uh, attract, absolutely amazing. You must just, just you must be on cloud nine. 
I I know there's got to be a lot of work, uh, you know, under and, and behind all this, Sandy. Mm-hmm. But I don't know what to say other than j- congratulations. Well, I, thank you. Thank you. You guys are doing just marvelous work. All right. Before we leave, I want to make sure that our listeners know how to get in touch with or reach out and learn more about State Farm. There was that specific uh, kind of community effort and URL that you mentioned earlier. And whatever's, and I don't know what's appropriate, you know, whether it's a LinkedIn page or website, but I want people who want to dive, continue to, to, to uh, participate in this conversation uh, with and through State Farm. I want them to have places to go and, and learn and talk. So, Maureen, any coordinates that make sense to, to share? Website, uh, State, URLs, whatever. Statefarm.com. Okay. Um, do a search on Neighborhood of Good. Yeah. Particularly. Um, follow us on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter. We're in all those places. Um, you know, people think of State Farm, they think of the, the man or the woman who does the small agency. And that's a big part of our presence. Right. But there is so much more to us. Um, careers at State Farm is another place to go and look. Okay. Fantastic. Well, again, thank you so much. You've made this a, just a tremendous way to, to invest a Thursday morning. Thank you, sir. It's good getting to know you. <laughs> All right, Sandy, let's make sure that our listeners do know where to go for not only this upcoming event, which is exciting, but uh, you guys are doing a lot of stuff week in, week out, month in, month out. So whatever coordinates are appropriate there. Well, definitely go to mywit.org where we have all of our information. So we have our upcoming State Farm um, behind the scenes with uh, our partners. And I think that that's going to be a great event on June 22nd. But of course, WIC Connect next month, I mean, next week is all that we're uh, diligently working towards. And so we're looking forward to seeing all of you in the studio at that event because it's truly where we um, put the mission of WIT on stage. And that that's always a great story. All right. And we're going to be there broadcasting live. Absolutely. So we'll get a chance to visit with some other folks. Absolutely. Well, thank you all. This has been a great deal of fun. All right. Until next time, this is Stone Payton for Katie Galley, our guest today, and everyone here at the Business Radio X family saying we'll see you next time on Atlanta Business Radio.